Jocelyn. A long, long time ago when I was in a youth fellowship, a YPF, we used to sing a song. I think it was from Youth Praise One. It went like this. Forgive the voice. The angel rolled the stone away. The angel rolled the stone away. It was early Easter Sunday morning. The angel rolled the stone away. Nobody else has ever heard that song, have they? <laughs> well, you see, that's Matthew's account of this momentous resurrection day. It's the account that we're focusing on this morning because it's only Matthew that tells us that the tomb is guarded and that it's been sealed by order of Pilate. And uh, it's only Matthew who tells us that there's an earthquake and that an angel comes down from heaven and rolls the stone away. It's Matthew's account of Easter morning. And how two women come to the tomb very early morning where there are three big surprises. Number one, the tomb isn't sealed with a big round stone, it's open. Number two, the women discover not Jesus but an angel. And number three, when they do find Jesus, he isn't dead, he's alive. And from that moment on, begins a small group of people, now a world faith, some of whom were meeting this morning in Sri Lanka and saying their prayers when terror happened. But a great world faith who believe that Jesus Christ, the unique presence of God on earth, the loved and obedient Son of God, could not be killed off, but crossed over from death to life. Alleluia! Christ is risen! I'm going to keep going until you get this right. Crossing over from death to life. I am indebted to a friend, a United Methodist Bishop Elaine Stanowski, of one of the conferences in the United States for several of the images that I want to use this morning. The idea of crossing over or passing over from death to life lies deep in the biblical story. Remember how in the Old Testament, how God's people are delivered from slavery in Egypt. We call it the Exodus. How Pharaoh will not let the Israelites go. And so 10 plagues fall upon Egypt. And the last plague is the death of the firstborn son in every home in the land. Except that God passes over the homes of the Israelites who have placed the blood on the doorposts. So to this day, Jews remember the Passover every year. It's this celebration of deliverance from slavery and captivity, this celebration of rescue from a time of death 
to a time of life. And it's that that Jesus and his disciples are celebrating in what we call the Last Supper, just before Jesus' own death and resurrection. And the people get to the Red Sea with Pharaoh's armies roaring, bearing down, and they cross over from death to life. And just a little play here for those who like these things. And the Egyptian troops shake with fear and become as dead men as they are overtaken by an act of God and the divided waters of the Red Sea crash down. Just as Matthew tells us that Roman troops standing outside Jesus' tomb shake with fear and become as dead men as another act of God quakes the earth and an angel of the Lord comes crashing down and moves the stone. And then, 40 years of wilderness wanderings and the people of God cross over again. This time over the Jordan River into the promised land from death to life. So you see, when Jesus crosses over from death to life, that first Easter, those who know the Jewish tradition are already beginning to think about escaping death, about release from slavery, about entering a land of promise, about the life-giving purposes of God. Do you see it? Well, there's other resonances going on in these passages as well, because Matthew tells us, and it's a few verses before our lesson this morning began, that Jesus was crucified at Golgotha. And Matthew tells us very helpfully that Golgotha means what? The place of the skull or a skull. From the Hebrew word, Golgoleth, which means a round skull shape. So when the angel rolls away a round skull-like stone to reveal an empty tomb, there is for the Jewish converts to Christ for whom Matthew first wrote this gospel, a faint echo of Gilgal. Now just stay with me a minute, it's Easter. Where? Gilgal. Remember our reading from Joshua. Look at it now if you just need to remind yourselves. Gilgal, it's the place the Israelites camped after they first crossed over the Jordan. It's the place where they built a memorial of round skull-like stones taken from the River Jordan. It's a memorial commemorating that they had crossed over from the death of Egypt into the land of promise and life given them by God. And it's there at Gilgal with its 12 round skull-like stones 
that God says to Joshua, today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt. And the Hebrew word for rolled away is the word galal, from which we get the word wheel. And that word is used consistently throughout the Old Testament to mean that something has been moved and rolled away. Now, do you hear the echoes? Galal, Gilgal, Golgoleth, Golgotha, stone, round, skull, rolled, away, rescue, promise, death, life. We don't hear it so well because we just don't know the original language or perhaps we don't know the Bible studies well enough, but, but they heard it. They got it. Matthew is telling us that the resurrection of Jesus is a new story of God bringing life from death and is actually rooted in a whole host of stories, ancient and potent, about God bringing life from death. But Matthew's an evangelist. That's what we call the writers of the Gospels often. So he's telling us this story of the resurrection of Jesus and he's expecting a response. He doesn't want us to listen to this Gospel reading this morning that Jocelyn read for us and say, oh, that's nice. Oh, it's quite interesting. He's saying, do you believe Jesus is dead or that Christ is risen? And he's laying a choice before us, death or life. And he's urging us to choose to follow the risen Christ, to choose life. That's why he's written the gospel. Now, when the gospel writers, the evangelists, are telling us the story of the death and resurrection of Jesus, all of them, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, present us with a story that very clearly has goodies and baddies. Nowhere is that more true of any gospel than Matthew's. Between the goodies and the baddies, between the women and the guards, there is the difference between life and death. Both the women and the guards gather at Jesus' tomb. Both of them see an angel. Both of them feel fear, both groups. Both women and soldiers leave the tomb to say what has happened. And both of them are told what to say. The stark difference is that the women tell the truth to the disciples and the guards tell a lie about the disciples. That the women see the risen Jesus and the guards do not. There's two completely different responses to the 
resurrection of Jesus Christ. Baddies and goodies, those who want to remain in death and those who choose life. Matthew tells us quite a lot about baddies. Imagine, it's the morning after the crucifixion yesterday. And the Jewish leaders file into Pilate's court. Sir, they say, we don't think Jesus is dead enough. What do you mean? Well, he said he'd rise again. So wouldn't it be a good idea, sir, to seal that tomb and prevent people from sneaking in and stealing his body and then saying he's alive? That'd cause a lot of trouble. We need him good and dead. And Pilate says, you're right. Take some guards. So they march to the tomb and they seal it and they stand guard at it like sentries at Buckingham Palace. And they say, no one is leaving this tomb on our watch. And then there's the goodies. It's morning and evening, a third day, it's sunrise, and two women come to the tomb, desperately sad, but longing that somehow the promises of Jesus haven't died with him on the cross. And an angel of the Lord falls out of heaven with an earthquake and lightning, and the guards quake and fall, and the angel pulls aside the mighty round skull-like stone and sits on it. What an image. I will decide, says the angel of the Lord, who comes and goes out of this tomb. And the women look in and see the tomb is empty. And they run away, but Matthew says they are filled with joy. The angel crosses over from heaven to earth to effect God's will, which is the crossing over of death to life. So Matthew presents us with two versions of what happened. The baddie chief priests and the Pharisees say Jesus is dead. We killed him, we sealed the guard, we set the guard, it's sorted. But the women say, and quickly though not instantly, so do the disciples. He's not dead, he is risen. Alleluia, Christ is risen. You're getting better. And evangelist Matthew repeats his challenge and choice to readers down the ages and this morning to a congregation meeting in Methodist Central Hall, Westminster. Are you going to be those who deny life and repress truth 
even when it escapes from the tomb right in front of you? Or are you going to be like the women and the other disciples who decide to follow Jesus on the life side of the tomb? As Christ's church, we sometimes choose death over life. We sometimes choose as a church to live in the tomb as if this day has never happened rather than following into the world where from today symbolically we find the risen Jesus. Sometimes we live our lives as if we're still in the tomb. We call it sin. Thinking and acting and living as if Jesus were still dead and buried. And we don't hear the angel of the Lord say to us, why are you seeking the living among the dead? Jesus lives. He has left the tomb. He is not here, says the angel. And if you want to be with Jesus, then you too have got to leave the tomb. You've got to choose life. So this Easter, I say to you all, including myself, you don't have to stay in slavery to sin or addictions. Crossover, choose life. You don't have to wander in the wilderness any longer. Cross over and choose life. You don't need to stay entombed in fear of death. Cross over and choose life. For instead, you can choose to believe that Jesus Christ is risen. You can choose life. And you can choose to live with him here and now as companion and Lord. Today, you can choose life. We'll all die one day. Be sure about that and taxes. But on this day, be equally sure that that day will not be the end of everything. The same life-giving God who delivered his people from slavery to freedom, from despair to hope, from death to life, is the same God who raised Jesus from the dead. And it's the same God who says to you and me, cross over. Choose life. Choose my Christ. Choose to follow him before your death. And by my power, at the day of resurrection, you will be with him forevermore. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. So as you come to communion this morning to receive bread and wine and a little egg, remember,
you can, alongside receiving those tokens, say once again for the first time or the thousand first time, Lord, today I choose you. I choose life. So we sing one of the great hymns of this day. Low in the grave he lay, up from the grave he arose.